your flu vaccination online today at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. And South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. This is Blues Brothers with Steve Devine and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. It is 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. We're talking all things blues, big game, hard game. It is the blues up in Fiji taking on the Fijian drawer. We will discuss that with former All Black and blues great Steve Devine. We're also going to catch up with the blues CEO, Andrew Hoare, who will join us on the programme very shortly. Banana skin game, boys are going to need to be focused. Boys are going to need to get in front early in this encounter if they want to win this. Important they win it. Yeah, they need to win this one. It's uh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be a tough You're day. You're nervous, yeah. mate. I can see it. Yeah. You, you're not comfortable, are you? Nah. They uh, they grow an arm and a leg up there, and it's going to be – it's an afternoon game. It's going to be about 40 degrees. It's going to be 100, 100% humidity, uh, and and they just love those conditions, and um, we're going to struggle. It's not going to be – it's not going to be – it may not be a great afternoon. Okay. But you beat, but surely you beat the Fijians by playing it tight, pick and go, phase after phase. You go up through the middle, your big ball carrying front rowers. You get your loose forward trio and you keep it tight, and you just break these guys down. But if you start playing that expensive game, yeah. you're playing to their hands, don't you? Yeah, you just got to play structure. Yeah, you know, if it's not on, if it's not, if you're not going forward in three or four phases, you got to turn them around and and uh, make them chase the ball for a little bit and just have a, a strong defence. But yeah, if you if you try and play that. If you try and play that expensive game, and you know they they can get involved, and and that's the game they love playing, then then you're going to be up against. And them. I'd imagine turnover going to be a key area. Yeah, yeah, you're just going to have to get the ball, hang on to it, play play the territory game, uh, play down there, make them run, make them run 80, 90 meters to to score tries, and but you know they're very capable of doing that, and that's the scary thing. Um, they're going to have to start very hard, very fast, get on top early, and take the crowd out, crowd out of play. Perfect game for a guy like Adrian Choate. You talked oh, about him yeah. on Sunday, just a tackling machine. This is the game where you keep it tight, and this is the game where you bring the guys like the Choates just in and around the fringes. Yep, he'll be massive, and uh, you know he'll do what he does best, and that's just tackle all day. Uh, there'll probably be a few injuries. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Roger back. Two of us a Sheck. I imagine he'll come back in. I've heard he's pretty close to being back. Uh, Dalton, start on the bench or start? I think he'll probably he might come in at the twelve position. Yeah. Um, you know, what have the Blues got to lose now? They'll just um, they'll just play him defensively. Good enough? Yeah, no, no, he's all right. Yeah, he, he goes all right defensively. Um, Dalton will be back. He'll come back into seven. Um, so, well, what can we make of Dalton Papaliti's form this year? Because at times he's absolutely oh. superb, and then. You just sort of sense going. Well, it didn't quite seem to have the impact this week that he had last week. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, he's, he's not quite in that form of last season. But um, you know, it's, it's the Blues haven't been as dominant in the forwards this year as they were last year. They're getting better, and he he is improving. But uh, yeah, he's not quite in that runaway form. We haven't seen him quite make the line breaks he did last year. But he he's been solid. Um, yeah, I've been he's still he's still my top two in the country, so he's he's been solid. And Zan Sullivan will start at fullback. I, I imagine Zan will come into fullback. Absolutely, he he came off the bench and had a you know tremendous um, fifty minute, minutes, uh, a couple of tries, ran the ball, just carried with intent. You know, ran hard, hit the hit the line hard, and and carried with intent, and and you know he he did, he did good things. So. Um, yeah, there won't be too many changes, just probably those injuries. I would think Stephen Pettifetter out and uh, Nipo Lolala out. And I'd say um, one of the lay boys will come in and, and also um, Zahn to, to fullback and it'll probably pretty much be the same team. You might see Akira come uh, into the starting lineup, possibly. Um, 
uh, to let him have a blowout to see see how far he can get on uh, during a match, see how the fitness is. Telephone numbers 0800 You can text us here on double eight double three. The Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, looking forward to this one, we'll catch up with the Blues CEO, Andrew Hall. Not quite as good looking as Ricardo Ball, but Mark Watson alongside of Steve Devine. Great pleasure now to welcome onto the programme the CEO of the Blues, Andrew Hoare. Andrew, good evening. Welcome. Thank you. No problems at all. Great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, how a, a little bit jittery about this game against Fiji in Fiji. Is this a little bit of a banana skin game? Yeah, very much so. Um, and they're building something uh, quite special there. But uh, speaking to a couple of the Crusader boys, they said... You know, it was um, it was draining, and and I spoke to the chief CEO last year when they played them up there, and he said the the players in that last twenty minutes, basically the energy just drains from them. So it's um it is it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. Uh, are you heading up for the for the match, Andrew? Yeah, but only on the Saturday. So um, I've been uh, Colin Mainsbridge was up there, and he said you you've got to go up. It is pretty special um, and, uh, and, and a real event. So it's exciting to hear, isn't it? You know, it's exactly where we want to get the rest of the competition to. Seems to be a lot of excitement and they seem to be doing some really special things up there, which is brilliant. Mate, um, yeah, we've they are. They're building something very special and, um, you know, we had a bit of a chat earlier this evening. Um, Super Rugby um, maybe needs something a little bit special added to it. You think? Yeah, I think so. I think, look, I think it's time um, now for some, um, I think the general feeling is that uh, the competitiveness has actually <clears throat> gone out of it uh, to a degree, and that's nothing against any team. I just think that, uh, well, you're seeing it in the table, and you, you've been, you know, everyone's been talking about the last couple of years with the delta between the, some of the Australian sides and, and the Kiwi sides, I think, um, I genuinely do think the draw over the next couple of years will be real contenders. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if you look at the successful leagues around the world, such as the NFL, uh, et cetera, they, they, they move as a pack. They have the same rules. They have um, ways of distributing talent. They have ways uh, of ensuring that everyone's treated very, very similar in the way that their finances are distributed, etc. And the time's come if we're going to take this um, competition seriously. We've got what we wanted, which is, um, as in people were calling for a, a competition in the same time zone, so we're going to have to build that now. We're not doing the travel we once were, etc. Uh, and I think there's a real opportunity to change things and um, and, and, and maximise what we're getting, and, and, and you know, put more money into into uh, into high performance. Yeah, look, uh, it's something that Steve and I discussed last week. It's something um, conversation we've um, had with Peter Alatini as well regarding Moana Pacifica and the possible need now for a draft system to spread the talent across the teams. Um, so that you know, a, as an example, um, 
you might go Stephen Perifetta. I mean, here he is playing at fullback for the Blues and you've got Zan Sullivan sitting there, but wouldn't it be great to see Stephen Perifetta lining up in a Highlanders jersey at 10 where they're a little bit short? We've seen the depth of talent that the Crusaders have. They have about three teams that are good enough sitting there on the bench and you've got the rich and you've got the poor. Are you in favour of a potential draft system? Uh, to a point, yes, I am. Uh, I think that's something we can talk about. However... There's a couple of unintended consequences you outlined there, right? One is the Crusaders have got to where they are because they've invested in development. And so in the last few years have we significantly. Um, so if we do that, everyone's got to be investing similar levels and doing similar things to develop talent. That's the first thing. Because if you're going to make it fair at the top, you've got to make it fair in the developmental pathway. When it comes to Moana Pacifica, I think we're extremely supportive of Moana Pacifica. But the initiative there too was to develop a flow of talent from the islands. And we've seen one person so far, along with, so where's the, and if you look at the dolphins that have come into the NRL, etc., the, the leagues have over-invested in those teams. And if you look at what we do in our league, you know, if you look at the Sunwolves, etc., we say welcome to the competition and all the very best. So I think there's um, some work to be done in the round, okay, what did we get promised? We got promised that we'd bring um, people of Pacifica descent back into New Zealand that were playing overseas, um, yet to be done. And, we're, and we wanted to give people opportunities from the islands that haven't yet been done. So if we get those things right, um, then I think, yes, you can. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be a level where you can mix things up. But we've got to make sure that we don't rush to a solution without fixing some of the problems elsewhere in the system uh, and and make sure that when we bring sides in, such as the Sunwolves or any of those teams, that if we're talking about the collective TV revenue, that we currently have, and I say both Australia and New Zealand combined, that they get a part of that that gives them a, a kicker to get started. As it, as, it, as it stands at the moment, we're still um, keeping ourselves very split from one another as nations, and, and that division is, is actually uh, damaging the competition. Andrew, are you saying that uh, in this draft system that we should have our New Zealand players playing possibly in Australian teams and and Japanese teams and, and to make the pool even? Yeah, I, I haven't actually, I, I, I haven't thought that much about it. I'm thinking more, you guys go straight to draft. I think the reforms need to be broader than that. The reforms need to be the 12 agreeing to standards of development, the 12 agreeing to, and the national bodies, to some kind of, equalisation in incomes, the 12 working together, uh, as you've seen with regard to the rules uh, this year where we work together and, and there's been an improvement. So don't chase straight to draft because mm. draft isn't the thing that's going to save us. It'll be one of probably a number of things that the 12 need to sit down and sort out how we're going to make this competition extremely competitive and that could be one thing. So. I think that's important, and I think what you've seen, um, you know, if you look at NRL and AFL in Australia, 
1996, they were generating 8 million and 15 million respectively, and Australian rugby was generating for Super then, uh, for the for the sorry for rugby Wallabies and Super about 100 million. Hmm. Today, Aussies generating about the same uh, Aussie rugby, but NRL and AFL are making over 400 million because they started to get the league to work as a league. Yeah, Can I also come in here though as a fan and I have this conversation with some fellow broadcasting colleagues of mine and one of the things I think rugby's just lacking now it's no longer about the fan Uh, look we don't have the best players playing every week everything's become about the All Blacks New Zealand rugby in my opinion have shifted rugby from, you know, we're no longer rugby fans, we've become All Black fans. I mean, there's no proof that resting and rotating's work for the All Blacks, but we still have the situation and you guys are sort of bound by that. Is there time for just the franchises to break free of New Zealand rugby and start following the models of the NRL, following the models of the English Premier League, where it is about the fan and when people do pay, they're going to get the best players and then bringing those other aspects in that you've just talked about? Yeah, I'll give you another example. You know, um, NFL, um, I understand, and I need this verified, but they give a certain percentage <clears throat> to each team uh, for for their salary cap, and then they give a certain percentage for marketing events, and we just don't even do that. Mm. Um, and so I think you're right. The fan has to be at the centre of it, and the fan are asking... Um, for consistency. I don't think there's any doubt that we have to give players a rest uh, during the course of the season because you, you sort of look at making the qualification periods and then working back from there and, and players can't get up every week, well, particularly but, if it's a really competitive but, 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 competition. But they do it in the Northern Hemisphere, they do it in Japan, they do it in every other professional sports league in the world. Okay, no, they don't do it in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, I think Ireland... Uh, even more restrictive. Wales are, after working there for 16 years, they're limited to, I think, 16 games, 15 games. The English have an agreement. So there is, they, they do. The only one that they don't really is France, so I'll give you that. Um, uh, and the NRL just doesn't have the same international game we do. I think the All Blacks next year are going to play something like 15 games. So we've got this real tension in that. So I think we you're point is really valid is we're sort of half pregnant at the moment like we want a strong all black team but we also want a strong um super competition oh by the way we'll have shareholders so i've got shareholders that i'm answerable to we'll 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 have their investment and we'll have fan investment but we've got to give but yet we still want to make sure that we everything for the national team yeah yeah, but this competition this competition shouldn't come at the expense of the all blacks they surely can work. I think they can, yeah. I think they can. But ultimately at the moment, the way it's configured is one's generating more income than the other. And I think until we get to a point that we can get evenness that generates income, right, significant income, then it's always, it's, the natural tendency is to go and get that sugar hit and put another test match in. So our view's got to change on how we're going to build that competition and what is the target. At the moment, I think we put in around, the supers generate another 28 million that goes into high performance. High performance is expensive. Just look at yachting. And so it's how, how do we generate that money on behalf of the unions to give them a competition that works, um, that, that delivers for them what they need. 
Uh, what what other? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does. What other significant changes um, would you like to see, mate? You got two. Sorry, you got. Uh, yeah, we're just running out of time. You got about two minutes, but we'd love to hear this. Yeah, no. So for me, it's it's around the twelve working together. There's no doubt that uh, the fans got to be at the centre. I think that the broadcast revenue's got to be separated out. It's got to be split so that clubs are held to a certain amount of marketing spend, etc., and also. Uh, on 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 player salaries, and I'd also look uh, to move the um, super season uh, further into the year out of February uh, and own that winter space and go head to head with NRL uh, because it is a better game in, in, our, in our opinion, and, and traditionally in this country has been um, the dominant game. So there's no reason when you've got that much participation that you can't you can't the game's not dead. It's just ill. Okay. We need to fix it. Uh, okay. Can I ask you this? Uh, and it's got another 90 seconds here. But look, one of the big issues for me, we had a cumio over the weekend who had to forfeit some senior club sides, and that's part of the North Harbour competition. But club rugby seems to be struggling. More kids wanting to play basketball now. Concussion's a big issue. Would it be more beneficial if you guys got together, went to Sky Sports, you'd stop broadcasting schoolboy rugby, because that appears now to be the stepping stone to higher honours, start broadcasting club rugby and start putting greater emphasis back on that? Because it seems to me that all grassroots rugby seems to be eroding, but we're told that somehow the model at the very top is going to continue to work. Mm. No, there's an, there's elements of truth in what you're saying. I think the key thing there is it's not the super's um, mandate to look at those changes. We can only create a competition with what we're delivered. Okay, and you might say, "Oh, that's a cop out." It's actually not. If I wander into that lane, you very quickly get kicked back out of it. Our role is high performance um, and um, developing the best competition uh, in the world. And we've got to stay focused on that. We can influence, we can have our opinions on that, but ultimately that's the NZRU and the provincial unions that need to do that. You saw that with the Auckland schools. Uh, They went in there and they've been very bold and I think it's the right move. Uh, and what they've done, um, and, um, and but they've got to decide that. And, decide and, that. Andrew Hall, it's been a privilege. Mate. In all seriousness, this is probably the best rugby interview that I think has been given in a long, long time, and it's great to have you on with such honesty. Uh, absolutely brilliant. So thank you very, very much, and all the best against uh, Fiji this week. No worries. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, Rory. Brilliant. Great man. Great interview. Well done for getting him. You can see why the Blues have turned around the last few years, right? Yep. Very impressed, mate. And I feel like I could have hit him with a lot more, and I think he could have given me some straight answers, and I don't think he would have disrespected me for asking those questions, which is what New Zealand rugby need to be able to do. Yeah, he's a good leader, and hopefully good things will come. Okay, quickly, DHL player from the weekend. Uh, Adrian Choke, David Avelli for the country. There you go. Okay, and so... Just acknowledge Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances, and we also just want to acknowledge, I'll make sure I do this after 8 o'clock. South Seas Healthcare. South Seas Healthcare, well done. <laughs>